Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. The Danny Mac Show with BK Podcast, powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac with BK. Welcome into the show. It's the Monday edition, the Danny Mac Show. BK alongside Tanner Hendrickson as well. If you're a baseball fan, if you're a Cardinal fan, this has been the morning I think that you've been waiting for for probably hmm, 365, maybe a year and a half, maybe two years. You've been waiting to hear that Nolan Arenado might be a Cardinal. And then you heard on Friday night, a trade is going down. Then you heard over the weekend, all they have to do is get through the red tape. And everyone is reporting that Nolan Arenado will be the opening day third baseman for your St. Louis Cardinals. A seismic deal in the sport. And it happens with the St. Louis Cardinals, a team that hadn't done literally anything. Nothing. They had signed a journeyman catcher. They had not signed Yadier Molina. Then at the end of last week, they signed a a guy that everybody wants to see back for five million bucks, some incentives. And I think everybody anticipated that. That was Adam Wainwright. Maybe this week you'll hear or maybe in the next 24 hours you're going to hear about Yadier Molina. But Nolan Arenado, yep, Nolan Arenado is going to be a St. Louis Cardinal in BK. If you're a Cardinal fan out there, this is the news that you wanted to hear. Absolutely, Dan. I mean, you think about it. I remember when I was doing a show with Kevin Wheeler, and that was two plus years ago now. We were talking about Nolan Arenado as being the perfect St. Louis Cardinal moving forward. He makes all the sense in the world here. He's a throwback to the yesteryear type of player that all he cares about. I heard on Carriker and Smallman earlier today, they had Tim Kirkchin on, they had Greg Gamsinger on, Joe Book, Joe Buck rather. All three said the same thing. All that Nolan Arenado wants at this point in his career is to win. All that he cares about is winning. And here in St. Louis where defense is appreciated and where a guy like that will be celebrated It's the perfect fit for a player of Nolan Arenado's caliber. So some of the names that are being talked about going the other way, Austin Gomber, Lucan Baker, John Torres, maybe a Jake Woodford, uh, Angel Rondon. By the way, nobody in the top 10. And by the way, the Rockies would send $50 million back to the St. Louis Cardinals. If all this is true, If it's true, especially, especially the $50 million, essentially the Cardinals would then be getting Arenado for six years, roughly $150 million, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, it, It's about the, the same as George Springer's deal. By the way, George Springer is two years older than Nolan. This is a heist. This is a steal. And you're getting the best player at his position in a generation and maybe one that goes down at the best position uh, player at his position ever. If he stays healthy, he's on his way to the Hall of Fame. He's 29 years old. It lengthens your lineup. And if you ever watch Scott Rowland, folks, you're watching Scott Rowland 2.0. And, and maybe, maybe better. better. Yeah. And maybe even better. That's and how good he is. It's not without risk. It does, according to all of the reports that you're talking about, he will potentially keep his opt-out after this upcoming season. He might even add... He's not opting out. I I know. Just stop. I know, I know. But he might even add another one after the 2022 season. He ain't opting out of that. I'm getting to that. 
Don't worry about that. Even if he did, Dan, and he's not going to, but even if he did, if he opted out after this upcoming year, you're being paid to take on Nolan Arenado. The Cardinals would make $15 million That's right. by taking on Nolan Arenado because his salary this year is $35 million. According to reports, the Rockies are sending 50. You are being paid for basically four prospects that were never going to make or break what you have. So that's after this year. After next year, if he were to opt out, which he's not going to do, then you end up paying $20 million for two years of Nolan Arenado. And if he opts out, it would suggest that he had like Hall of Fame caliber seasons with you here in St. Louis. Because and you'd love it. And, and you take it. You go, okay, great. Every penny. Yes. So even the quote unquote risk that is involved with this deal is still actually baked in upside for the Cardinals. So the worst case scenario here, the only worst case scenario is that the shoulder injury is worse than we were led on to believe. But I don't even think that's going he to had be a down the case. Year. There's no doubt. He had a shoulder injury last year. The numbers offensively were way down, but still was a preeminent uh, defensive player at his position. Won another gold glove. He's won eight. He's going to win nine, 10, 11. I don't care if he's got two bad shoulders. He's going to win. He's that good. He's incredible. And by all accounts, most people believe he's going to be 100% healthy come spring training. Now the question will be, when is spring training? We'll get into more of that coming up later in the show. I want to ask you this. Can you imagine waking up this morning and you're a Rockies fan? Oh, my God. Think about this. I was going back to the opening day of 2013. That 2013 opening day roster included on your infield what I think is a Hall of Famer in Todd Helton at first base, a two-time batting champion to his right at DJ LeMayhew, Troy Tulowitzki at shortstop, and a young Nolan Arenado at third base. None of them are there. And now, what do you do with Trevor Story? And I, I understand we're in St. Louis and we're excited about Nolan Arenado, but man, you just gave away your franchise player. You're the guy that is the... They signed him long-term. They thought, finally, we get to keep our guy. You know, Matt Holiday didn't stay here. Tulowitzki didn't stay here. We don't know about Story, but hey, we got to keep Nolan. No, you didn't. He's gone. That is a kick in the, you know what? That is so hard to explain to your fan base. I'm not sure how you explain it to your fan base, and I'm not sure how you recover that kind of trade if it does indeed go down. And by all accounts, this trade is going to go down. You don't, Dan. You don't recover from something like this. This is, I mean, I believe that sports teams, professional sports teams are a public trust in a lot of ways. And eventually you've got to have somebody that is the shepherd of that team to the fan base, whether it be your owner, president of baseball operations, GM, whoever it is, somebody has to be at some point looking out for the best interest of the fans, which should, should coincide with whatever is the best interest of the team. And in this case, that clearly wasn't happening. Nolan Arenado is one of the best players in baseball. He is under a contract that is a fair market value deal with the with the Rockies, not the one that the Cardinals are going to take on, which is below market value. That is not a guy you trade. That is a guy that you build around and you make sure that you find a way to keep him. This was a salary dump. The same way we're talking about the U Darvish deal from the Cubs. That's what this is for the Rockies. The best player reportedly that is going back to the Rockies is a guy that was going to compete for the Cardinals fifth starter job. Like, think about that. I like Austin Gore or I like uh, Gorman or Gomber rather. I thought he was going to be a good pitcher for the Cardinals next year. This is not the kind of guy that you want as a headliner in a deal for your franchise player. I, I don't understand it from their perspective in terms of the leverage that they had. And now what do you do with Trevor's story? You just lost the leverage. I mean, if you're Trevor's story, you're saying, get me out of here on the first ticket out. 
and you lost the leverage with him. Now teams are saying they're lining up saying to them, Hey, we, we got a package for Trevor story too. Um, we got, we got some guys, I mean, not our top prospects, obviously, but you know, we, we got some guys that maybe could be interested in because you're not going to keep them. So why don't you just go ahead and give them to us? I mean, seriously, that's what they're going to do. There's no hope if you're a Rockies fan. And that's the worst part of it all is eventually you've got to have something that you can hold hold on to, cling to, as this is what the future holds. If you're a fan right now in Pittsburgh, you have none of that. If you're a fan right now in Colorado, it's much the same. They had the Ian Desmond experience. Remember that? That went for $70 million. They had three bullpen arms. They, so they did try to build here, but they, that was over $100 million. Matter of fact, and we it was, know that's a, a losing proposition. It was $106 million. So DJ LeMayhew, they let him go. He turns into an MVP candidate uh, with the Yankees. Now he signed long-term $90 million with him. They signed Daniel Murphy for about the same money that they could have signed LeMayhew for. Now he's retired, and they're paying $50 million to get rid of your franchise star with, uh, with the Cardinals. Bad. I mean, that's what you're talking about. It's not just this deal, but it's a litany of deals that they're dealing with right now. So it does indeed look like, (laughs) I can't believe I'm saying this, but uh, it looks like Nolan Arenado will be your opening day third baseman for the Cardinals. So what does it mean for the Cardinals? Thinking about their lineup, I've got at the top, Tommy Edmond. I've got Dylan Carlson batting second. Then I've got Paul Goldschmidt batting third. And I've got right now batting cleanup, Nolan Arenado, Paul DeYoung, fifth. I mean, you talk about lengthening your lineup. Holy smokes. That's a pretty good one through five. I heard uh, Amzing earlier today, Dan, mention the uh, the possibility of having Dylan Carlson bat third between Arenado and Goldschmidt. I actually kind of, I hadn't really even considered that possibility. Makes some sense. You're certainly going to have some protection on either side of your young uh, outfielder that you love and hope can become a star as well. I, I I could see that. I would flirt with the idea. I'd even flirt with Dylan Carlson at the top of my lineup. Sure. Uh, but it, what it does now is it gives me options. So I'd even flirt with the idea of Dexter Fowler at the top of my lineup. I, I've got now all kinds of options if I want to. I'd even flirt with Matt Carpenter at the top of my lineup. Well, I, I know that even BK is, he is gonna, playing. He might be my designated hitter, depending on what I get out of the negotiation. I of like if your and, optimism, Dan. If, if and when I start my season. <laughs> at this point, I've got all kinds of options. That's the point that this does for your lineup. You can do a lot of different things with Nolan Arenado, but he's going to be right in the middle of things. We haven't even talked about a BK. This is a guy that's led the league in home runs. Now, People will look at it and go, what about the splits? Okay, let's take a look at the splits. Look at the splits of what he's done in National League Central ballparks. Sometimes I think what people forget is, and it's true, when you hit in Denver, you're going to hit better in Denver. I don't care who you are. You're a middle-of-the-road second baseman that's five foot two and 120 pounds you're gonna hit better in denver that's how it works you're in the rarefied era of denver colorado you're going to hit better that's how it works it's going to work for nolan arenado and it's going to work for the guy that's 120 pounds that hits with a wet newsboy that's how it works okay but here's the thing you also play in the national league west division which has got ballparks that at times can be very hard to hit in sometimes it's easier when you look at the spacious ballparks but in terms of the home runs and those kind of things you can look at it two different ways look at what he's done in nl central ballparks demolished him demolished him 
He's going to hit fine. He's going to be okay. And we've seen this. There's a history here in St. Louis of what players who played in Colorado look like whenever they get to St. Louis. Larry Walker was a 147 OPS plus at home when he was with the Rockies. He's 122 on the road. So there was a massive split there. He got to St. Louis and he was actually even better with the Cardinals as a hitter than he was at home with the Rockies. He had a 148 OPS plus here. Matt Holiday, 157 OPS plus at home with the Rockies. 108 on the road. Huge home road splits for Holiday. Gets here to St. Louis, 140 OPS plus with the Cardinals. Yes, there are some massive splits for these guys, home versus road, but there's a lot that goes into that. It's not just as simple as the air there. It's also the way that the ball acts from the pitcher's arm to when it gets to you in Colorado versus how it acts on the road. It changes things for you as a hitter, and you have to adjust. So when Nolan Arenado gets here, I have no doubt in my mind he's still going to be a fantastic hitter because that's what he's always been. I will say this, too. Do you know the other thing that this does? Excites a fan base. We wake up this morning, people are talking about Cardinals baseball. People are talking about something other than, hey, the Cardinals aren't doing anything. Hey, the NL Central has only spent a combined $3.7 million. People are saying now the St. Louis Cardinals are head and shoulders above everybody else in this division. And by the way, they have closed the gap on the Dodgers and the Padres. And they have. You know, when you look at it, minus Arenado and minus some of the the deficiencies they have offensively, the Cardinals are very good at pitching. Cardinals are going to be very good in their bullpen, on paper, and with their rotation. They just are. They should be. I hope it plays out that way. They need to have Michaelis come back healthy. They need to have Wainwright be Wainwright. And I know there's some ifs in there, but typically, if they pitch like they did last year, they should be pretty good. And with the truncated season and with the amount of arms they have coming back that are talented, BK, this should be a pretty good team. Now you add an MVP candidate type player and you're built on pitching and defense. You should be really good. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service tax line. To your point on that, Dan, from the 636. Hey, Danny Mac, love the show. Have to admit, I had zero interest in this Cardinals team going into the summer. But now with Noan Arenado in the mix, I am fully bought in again. I think there's a lot of Cardinals fans that have that sentiment. We're going to visit with Ricky Ankeel coming up, my broadcast partner down in spring training and also throughout the season. He's coming up on uh, 101 ESPN. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Danny Mac show on 101 ESPN with BK and let's go down to sunny Florida. It's nice and cold here, but nice and warm down in Florida. He's probably on his boat fishing or doing something outside. And that's my buddy, Rick and Keel. Rick, how are you, my man? How are things going? I, I am fantastic. It's going well. It's about uh, 70 degrees. We actually got a cold front coming in. So I know you guys feel terrible. For <laughs> oh, me. shut up. Shut up. Cold front, 70 degrees. I don't want to hear it. How you doing, buddy? I'm great, man. Um, Life is good. We got, you know, sports is starting up. So kids sports are starting and uh, volunteering at the high school uh, where I went to high school with the baseball team. So, you know, busy with that and um, looking forward to spring training. Hey, what did you think? Uh, Got the news over the weekend. It looks like the Cardinals are going to pull the uh, trigger on getting Nolan Arenado. What do you think about this deal? I mean, he's a bona fide superstar. Um, I, I, you know, I think it looks great, and I'm I'm hoping that, you know, he had some injuries, and I, I think we've seen some upticks, um, you know, that he battled through the injuries and him coming back. But um, 
Look, I mean, everyone I've talked to that's seen him day out and uh, day in and day out says that he might be the greatest defensive third baseman of all time. And I think that's a pretty big statement to say, but I've heard that from people. I mean, when you, I, I think his numbers really speak for themselves. I'm kind of hoping that, um, you know, when you look at somebody like D.J. LeMayhew um, leaving Colorado, went to New York, and hearing him say some things like, you know, it was nice just to have one swing and not switch back and forth to two different swings for hitting in Colorado and hitting out of Colorado – that there's a chance that, you know, Aaron Otto could actually get better um, if, if that's the way it goes for him. And, and I think for St. Louis, you, you finally got a superstar that you've been looking for, some needed offense, uh, and I think it's a good thing. I, I mean, I think when you take a look at our infield, I mean, we got a pretty good infield, um, and that's without knowing who's going to be the second baseman. So there's a chance we have the best infield in all of baseball. Rick, when you look back to the time when you were around the Cardinals in those early 2000s, I mean, Cardinals fans remember that as one of the greatest eras of Cardinals history for a reason. Does this does this complexion remind you of that at all with Paul Goldschmidt at first base and now Nolan Arenado in the hot corner, kind of similar to what they had with Pujols and Roland? It does. And it, it's, you know, it's for me, I, I think it's strange to look at it that way, but I mean, you have to compare it. I, I think you look at those guys, you look at what, what they've done in their careers, what they can do, what they have left um, and compare it to the league as well. Now, I mean, there's no question that, you know, that's going to be, you know, one of the better infields in all of baseball. You you mentioned something interesting that caught my attention, Rick, um, about the swing of DJ and, and how it may be changed in Colorado as opposed to when he's playing with the Yankees or other places. And he had spent some time with the Cubs, and I always thought he was a good player. What, what do you mean by that, and, and, and how would that swing maybe change if you go to playing outside of Colorado as opposed to playing at Coors Field every day? Well, I think you're going to shorten up a little bit more. Um you know, Colorado is not only does the ball travel, but that's a huge field, right? So you have really big gaps in the outfield. Um, and you can certainly see for someone like LeMahieu who can, you know, dang near hit the ball wherever he wants. But when he gets to Colorado, he might try to do a little bit more damage, um, try to hit more doubles and more homers. Where now, you know, I, I read something I heard him say where it was he, him saying that, you know, in New York, he just has one swing now and he's not going back and forth between swings. And I wonder, you know, it just makes you wonder, like, what's going to happen with Nolan? Is that going to, you know, change him for the better as well? You know, is he trying to use two different swings when he goes, you know, when he's playing in Colorado and out? And I think that's something that's going to be interesting to watch. We're talking with Rick Ankiel, former Cardinals outfielder and pitcher here on 101 ESPN. Rick, I did want to ask you about that defensive infield. I mean, the Cardinals have for years now had the the identity of being a pitching and defense team. It, it was still there to an extent over the last few years, but there were times when you, you saw some some issues there defensively. Do you feel like they've officially gotten back to that identity with this addition? I, feel, I and I, you know, I say this, and I'll give Mike Schilt credit. I, I think over the last few years, I think with Schilt coming in and really putting an emphasis on uh, making those routine plays and playing Cardinal baseball, that it's already kind of nipped itself in the bud. But now you add somebody with, you know, Arenado's talent at third base, and it's only going to get better. I, I mean, he's an unbelievable defensive player, and and that, you know. He's just a five-tool player. I mean, that, there's there's no other way to look at it. So now you look at, like, what we've already had, and you put him in the mix, too. Uh, you've got to feel really good about that. If you're the Cardinals, if you're a starting pitcher or a pitcher in general, you've got to feel good about putting the ball over the plate 
letting those guys make contact and letting the defense play for you. I'm curious, Rick, um, you, you talk to a lot of players, whether it's with the Cardinals or, or other teams, and you're, you're based down in Florida, and we don't know when or if spring training will start. So you offer great perspective of this as a position player and a pitcher. What would you be doing, and what do you think players are doing to try to get ready for spring training if they don't have a set date in mind as we you know, talk on – what is it now? Jan- is Are we in February yet? I don't even know yet. Whatever it Just is. Just got there. February 1st. Uh, so, you know, it's almost Groundhog's Day. Um, it feels like Groundhog's Day since 2020. Um, so what what do you do? Do you, do you amp it up? Do you not? Do you kind of stay status quo? What do you think guys are doing? Uh, I think they're amping it up. I think everybody's preparing as if the season is going to start on time and spring training is going to start either on time or close to it. But I think for those guys – they are, they want to play 162 and they are preparing to play 162 game season. So, um, you know, I talked to Max Scherzer quite a bit and, um, you know, he's on the board of it and he said, there's no way really for the owners to stop it. The only thing that could stop it, if something happens with COVID and, and from a government standpoint, they come in and shut it down. But uh, his viewpoint of it was, is that they're going to play 162 and, you know, all the players are preparing that way. Rick, what does an addition like this do for the clubhouse? I mean, as a player that's in there already and you're getting ready for the season, you're a couple of weeks now away from reporting for spring training. When you hear Nolan Arenado is going to join your club, what does that do for you as a player? I think it gives me extra momentum to start, you know, to work harder, right? All of a sudden you go from, I think we're contenders to we're legit contenders and we got a chance to do some damage uh, in playoff baseball. And I, and I think when you're getting ready to, you know, you're, you're about to head to spring training, it just creates excitement, right? You, you start looking at what your team could be with this addition. Um, obviously there could be a couple more additions. Then you start looking at, you know, where are we going to stack up against the league? So let's just go right to it, right? How do we stack up against the Dodgers? How do we stack up against the Padres? Uh, these are teams that we're going to have to beat if we plan on going far into the playoffs. Uh, you start looking at what you have, and then you and, and then you know also that there's probably going to be some players and some pitching that frees up when you come around the, you know, trade time in July, um, where you could still make some moves and see where you are. So I, I think all arrows just start pointing towards playoff baseball and a and a World Series championship. What do you think this does for the lineup? You put him in the middle. You got Goldschmidt probably third, maybe Arenado fourth. What do you think it does for, like, uh, you know, we were talking about this earlier, a guy like Dylan Carlson, maybe you bat him second or maybe you sandwich him between those two. But, what, you know, specifically a guy like Carlson, he's got to be getting up this morning smiling, I would think. <laughs> I would hope so. Um, <laughs> you know, as a hitter, uh, you know, from a selfish standpoint, look, you're on base percentage, um, RBIs, runs you're going to score. Well, we know that. Arenado's a run producer, so you know if you're if you're getting on if you're hitting before him and you're getting on base, you know the chances of you scoring now become you know a lot more. So uh, I think it just you know it creates excitement. I think when you look at the lineup, you talk about all the things that they can do. Now you have guys who have protection. Uh, protection. Who do they want to pitch to? Who are they going to pitch around? You know how are they going to attack this lineup? Uh, it changes everything dramatically. We're talking to Rick Ankeel here on 101 ESPN. Rick, for a guy like Matt Carpenter, what do you think this does for him? Because now maybe you see him more as a as a DH, potentially getting some opportunities at second base. Does this make it easier for him to make it through the full season with more energy at the end of the year? Uh, 
I, I think that's a good way to look at it. I'm always trying to look at something from a positive perspective, um, you know, and without talking with Carp, uh, I'm just, I, I'm going to guess and say he wants to play every day, but who knows? But, um, you know, I think he just has to look at it from a standpoint of where do I fit in? You know, how can I help this club win? And if this is going to help me stay healthier and stronger, as you mentioned, uh, throughout the season, then this is a good thing. And and I feel like he's always been a good teammate, a teammate player, and I don't think he's going to change. I, I think that uh, if anything, you could kind of look at it and say, you know what, maybe this takes some pressure off of me from, from producing and not hitting like I've wanted to over the last, you know, little while. So, you know, now we're getting a bona fide guy in here that can do some raking and, you know, hopefully I can find my stroke and help this team win. I got to wonder if this keeps Nolan even stronger throughout the year. I mean, the effect of going in and out of Denver for six to seven months, we hear about that and how tough it is. Uh, you had to do that, Rick. You know, I can tell you as a broadcaster, we'd go in there and I'd, I'd feel it. I can't imagine as a player going in and out of there all the time. Did you did you feel that as a player just going in and out of, of Denver and, and the effect it had on your body? Oh, no question. Uh, I remember a series we had there and I was, I was seeing the ball good, hitting it pretty well. So I got on base a lot. Uh, I felt like I was, you know, really having to use my legs. Well, we were in the third game of that series. I think I was in an Oh one count. The pitcher threw a breaking ball and I was stealing from the get go. Well, the breaking ball bounced, the catcher caught it off the bounce, stood up and still threw me out by like three feet. And I realized, okay, my legs are tired and there's going to be no more of that. It was pretty embarrassing, honestly. But that was just the effects of Coors Field and, you know, the altitude and what it does to you. Rick Ankeel, final question that I've got for you. You mentioned earlier, if you were a player, you would want to kind of start looking at how do we compare against the, the elite of the elite in the National League. How do you see it right now? How do the Cardinals compare against the likes of the Dodgers, Padres, Braves, and Mets? I think you got to feel good. Look, we're going to pitch. We're going to play defense. Now we got the offense that we've been looking for. Um, you know, obviously we need to see how it plays out. But on paper, I think you got to feel really good about it and have you know plenty of excitement going into this thing. My final question is, uh, how's the fishing going? Um, it's okay. I, you know, this time of year, I really fish around the full moons uh-huh. uh, for Wahoo, but really don't fish, you know, a lot. Um, so we went last week, got four Wahoo. So it was good. It's been fun. Um, probably won't, it's, you know, we got the cold front coming in now. It's really windy. It's going to blow. So it's not really good fishing days here for another week or so. So just got to see how that plays out. So when we have gotten out, it's been good. And just looking forward to those days when it's nice. Save me a spot, buddy. I'll be down there shortly. Thank you. Absolutely. You got it. All right. That's Rick Ann Keel, uh, one of my favorites and one of the great stories in baseball and certainly here in St. Louis. And he, by the way, has a have you read his book? No, not yet. I've, I, it's on my list, though. It's it's worth your time. Yep. It's a New York Times bestseller, whether you are a baseball fan, sports fan or not. It's terrific. Got to tell you about I Promise. It's fair to say that screen time wars are over in many households with large numbers of parents and kids spending more time with a digital device. And many of our kids are going to school virtually. So that means your eyes are suffering. And that's where I Promise comes in. I Promise Local company based here in St. Louis, all natural vitamins formulated by optometrist, manufactured in the U.S., certified by NSF for purity. They come with a 60-day money-back satisfaction guarantee, screen shield product line designed to build the eye's natural protection against dangerous blue light while helping to alleviate screen time-related symptoms like dry, tired eyes, occasional headaches, and can also help regulate your sleep. So simply put, you and your kids need to take care of your eyes with an easy one-a-day vitamin. It's I Promise Screen. 
Clean Shield and Screen Shield Teen. Order online at ipromise.com. Use the promo code MACMAC, as in Danny Mac, 50% off your order. So shield your family from the dangers of screen time with ipromise, E-Y-E-Promise.com. That is ipromise. So, uh, Ricky and Keel, the, the, there's a few things I take out of that, but number one, he's talking to Max Scherzer, who is on the executive board of the Players Association, and it sounds like they want to get spring training going. Yeah, Dan, we were talking a little bit about this off-air. It just, I, I think the thing that fans need to remember is they're looking at anything that's being reported right now. Remember that the baseline that the players are negotiating off of is 162 games of full, pro, of full salaries with no DH in the National League and no expanded playoffs. That is what... Worst case scenario as of today, based on what we know, that's what they're planning for. And spring training starting on time. The owners are presenting other alternatives to them. So when you're looking at these alternatives, ask yourself, if I'm a player, is this better than what the current deal is? And so far, based on what I've read, at least, I don't see one that's been presented that is a better deal than what the players currently have. Yeah, and on the table, apparently over the weekend, the owners said, okay, we want to have it down to 154 games. We'd like to push back spring training. We'll pay you the 162, even if we only play 154 And the players are saying, okay, sounds nice, but what happens if we get to the 154 and you continue then to say, well, we're going to go to 144. Do we still get paid? What about if we get to 130? Well, we're not so sure about that. Look, from the player's perspective, if I'm a player, I totally get it. I I want to get my 162. I was prorated last year to 60 games. And they're probably saying, now, wait a minute. College football just got through. College basketball is forging through uh the nba is doing it the nhl is doing it we want to get our full season in and the vaccine is getting out there and by the time that maybe we get through let's say june july it it could be a different place in our country i get it you know from the player's perspective and i also kind of understand from the owner's perspective too is that they're saying if we can buy ourselves some time we can get more fannies in the seats which means more revenue i i I totally get you know, both sides of this. I really do. Maybe the other part that I would have a tough time with believing that side of things though, is whenever I heard Bill DeWitt talk with you about, Hey, it's going to be 30% this year, regardless of like, there's no 50%, 60%. It's 28%. Yeah. With the spacing that they have at Bush, that's just what it's going to be. If they're able to have fans in the stands with spacing, that's probably where they're going to have to be at. So it's it's a tough negotiation, and I understand that the owners want fans in the stands. They should. They they deserve to have that. Like this is their product. I get it. Um, but I we just don't know if that's going to change a whole lot with another month. And if I'm a player, I'm like, well, why am I waiting a month if we're still going to have some uncertainty then? Mayhew um, leaving Colorado went to New York, and hearing him say some things like, you know, it's nice just to have one swing and not switch back and forth to two different swings for hitting in Colorado and hitting out of Colorado that there's a chance that, you know, Aaron Otto could actually get better um, if, if that's the way it goes for him. And, and I think for St. Louis, you, you finally got a superstar that you've been looking for, some needed offense, uh, and I think it's a good thing. I, I mean, I think when you take a look at our infield, I mean, we got a pretty good infield, um, and that's without knowing who's going to be the second baseman. So there's a chance we have the best infield in all of baseball. Rick, when you look back to the time when you were around the Cardinals in those early 2000s, I mean, Cardinals fans remember that as one of the greatest eras of Cardinals history for a reason. Does this does this complexion remind you of that at all with Paul Goldschmidt at first base and now Nolan Arenado in the hot corner, kind of similar to what they had with Pujols and Roland? 
It does. And it, it's, you know, it's for me, I, I think it's strange to look at it that way. But, I mean, you have to compare it. I, I think you look at those guys, you look at what, what they've done in their careers, what they can do, what they have left, um, and compare it to the league as well now. I mean, there's no question that, you know, that's going to be, you know, one of the better infields in all of baseball. You you mentioned something interesting that caught my attention, Rick, um, about the swing of DJ and, and how it may be changed in Colorado as opposed to when he's playing with the Yankees or other places. And he had spent some time with the Cubs, and I always thought he was a good player. What, what do you mean by that, and, and, and how would that swing maybe change if you go to playing outside of Colorado as opposed to playing at Coors Field every day? Well, I think you're going to shorten up a little bit more. Um you know, Colorado is not only does the ball travel, but that's a huge field, right? So you have really big gaps in the outfield. Um, and you can certainly see for someone like LeMahieu who can, you know, dang near hit the ball wherever he wants. But when he gets to Colorado, he might try to do a little bit more damage, um, try to hit more doubles and more homers. Where now, you know, I, I read something I heard him say where it was he, him saying that, you know, in New York, he just has one swing now and he's not going back and forth between swings. And I wonder, you know, it just makes you wonder, like, what's going to happen with Nolan? Is that going to, you know, change him for the better as well? You know, is he trying to use two different swings when he goes, you know, when he's playing in Colorado and out? And I think that's something that's going to be interesting to watch. We're talking with Rick Ankiel, former Cardinals outfielder and pitcher here on 101 ESPN. Rick, I did want to ask you about that defensive infield. I mean, the Cardinals have for years now had the the identity of being a pitching and defense team. It it was still there to an extent over the last few years, but there were times when you, you saw some some issues there defensively. Do you feel like they've officially gotten back to that identity with this addition? I, th- I and I, you know, I say this, and I'll give Mike Schilt credit. I, I think over the last few years, I think with Schilty coming in and really putting an emphasis on uh, making those routine plays and playing Cardinal baseball, that it's already kind of nipped itself in the bud. But now you add somebody with, you know, Arenado's talent at third base, and it's only going to get better. I, I mean, he's an unbelievable defensive player, and and that, you know. He's just a five-tool player. I mean, that, there's there's no other way to look at it. So now you look at, like, what we've already had, and you put him in the mix, too. Uh, you've got to feel really good about that. If you're the Cardinals, if you're a starting pitcher or a pitcher in general, you've got to feel good about putting the ball over the plate, letting those guys make contact, and letting the defense play for you. I'm curious, Rick, um, you, you talk to a lot of players, whether it's with the Cardinals or, or other teams, and you're, you're based down in Florida, and we don't know when – or if spring training will start. So you offer great perspective of this as a position player and a pitcher. What would you be doing and what do you think players are doing to try to get ready for spring training if they don't have a set date in mind as we, you know, talk on what is it now? Jan is are we in February yet? I don't even know yet. Whatever it Just is. Just got there. February 1st. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's almost Groundhog's Day. Um it feels like Groundhog's Day since 2020. Um so what what do you do? Do you, do you amp it up? Do you not? Do you kind of stay status quo? What do you think guys are doing? Uh, I think they're amping it up. I think everybody's preparing as if the season is going to start on time and spring training is going to start either on time or close to it, but I think for those guys they are, they want to play 162, and they are preparing to play 162-game season. So, um, you know, I talked to Max Scherzer quite a bit, and, um, you know, he's on the board of it, and he said there's no way 
really for the owners to stop it. The only thing that could stop it if something happens with COVID and, and from a government standpoint, they come in and shut it down. But uh, his viewpoint of it was is that they're going to play 162 and, you know, all the players are preparing that way. Rick, what does an addition like this do for the clubhouse? I mean, as a player that's in there already and you're getting ready for the season, you're a couple of weeks now away from reporting for spring training. When you hear Nolan Arenado is going to join your club, what does that do for you as a player? I think it gives me extra momentum to start, you know, to work harder, right? All of a sudden you go from, I think we're contenders to we're legit contenders and we got a chance to do some damage uh, in playoff baseball. And I, and I think when you're getting ready to, you know, you're, you're about to head to spring training, it just creates excitement, right? You, you start looking at what your team could be with this addition. Um, obviously, there could be a couple more additions. Then you start looking at, you know, where are we going to stack up against the league? So let's just go right to it, right? How do we stack up against the Dodgers? How do we stack up against the Padres? Uh, these are teams that we're going to have to beat if we plan on going far into the playoffs. Uh, you start looking at what you have, and then you and, and then you know also that there's probably going to be some players and some pitching that freeze up when you come around the, you know, trade time in July, um, where you could still make some moves and see where you are. So I, I think all arrows just start pointing towards playoff baseball and a and a World Series championship. What do you think this does for the lineup? You put him in the middle. You got Goldschmidt probably third, maybe Arenado fourth. What do you think it does for, like, uh, you know, we were talking about this earlier, a guy like Dylan Carlson, maybe you bat him second, or maybe you sandwich him between those two. But, what, you know, specifically a guy like Carlson, he's got to be getting up this morning smiling, I would think. <laughs> I would hope so. Um, <laughs> you know, as a hitter, uh, you know, from a selfish standpoint, look, you're on base percentage, um, RBIs, runs you're going to score. Well, we know that. Arenado's a run producer, so you know if you're if you're getting on if you're hitting before him and you're getting on base, you know the chances of you scoring now become you know a lot more. So uh, I think it just you know it creates excitement. I think when you look at the lineup, you talk about all the things that they can do. Now you have guys who have protection. Uh, protection. Who do they want to pitch to? Who are they going to pitch around? You know how are they going to attack this lineup? Uh, it changes everything dramatically. We're talking to Rick Ankeel here on 101 ESPN. Rick, for a guy like Matt Carpenter, what do you think this does for him? Because now maybe you see him more as a, as a DH, potentially getting some opportunities at second base. Does this make it easier for him to make it through the full season with more energy at the end of the year? I, I think that's a good way to look at it. I'm always trying to look at something from a positive perspective. Um, you know, and without talking with Carp, uh, I'm just, I, I'm going to guess and say he wants to play every day, but who knows? But, um, you know, I think he just has to look at it from a standpoint of where do I fit in? You know, how can I help this club win? And if this is going to help me stay healthier and stronger, as you mentioned, uh, throughout the season, then this is a good thing. And, and I feel like he's always been a good teammate, a teammate player, and I don't think he's going to change. I, I think that uh, if anything, you could kind of look at it and say, you know what, maybe this takes some pressure off of me from, from producing and not hitting like I've wanted to over the last, you know, little while. So, you know, now we're getting a bona fide guy in here that can do some raking and, you know, hopefully I can find my stroke and help this team win. I got to wonder if this keeps Nolan even stronger throughout the year. I mean, the effect of going in and out of Denver for six to seven months, we hear about that and how tough it is. Uh, you had to do that, Rick. You know, I can tell you as a broadcaster, we'd go in there and I'd, I'd feel it. I can't imagine as a player going in and out of there all the time. Did you did you feel that as a player just going in and out of, of Denver and, and the effect it had on your body? 
Oh, no question. Uh, I remember a series we had there, and I was <clears throat> I was seeing the ball good, hitting it pretty well, so I got on base a lot. Uh, I felt like I was, you know, really having to use my legs well. We were in the third game of that series. I think I was in an 0-1 count. The pitcher threw a breaking ball, and I was stealing from the get-go. Well, the breaking ball bounced. The catcher caught it off the bounce, stood up, and still threw me out by, like, three feet. And I realized, okay, my legs are tired, and there's going to be no more of that. It was pretty embarrassing, honestly. But that was just the effects of Coors Field and, you know, the altitude and what it does to you. Rick Ankiel, final question that I've got for you. You mentioned earlier if you were a player, you would want to kind of start looking at how do we compare against the, the elite of the elite in the National League. How do you see it right now? How do the Cardinals compare against the likes of the Dodgers, Padres, Braves, and Mets? I think you got to feel good. Look, we're going to pitch. We're going to play defense. Now we got the offense that we've been looking for. Um, you know, obviously we need to see how it plays out. But on paper, I think you got to feel really good about it and have you know plenty of excitement going into this thing. My final question is, uh, how's the fishing going? Um, it's okay. I, you know, this time of year, I really fish around the full moons uh-huh. uh, for Wahoo, but really don't fish. You know, a lot. Um, so we went last week, got four Wahoo. So it was good. It's been fun. Um, probably won't. It's, you know, we got the cold front coming in now. It's really windy. It's going to blow. So it's not really good fishing days here for another week or so. So just got to see how that plays out. So when we have gotten out, it's been good. And just looking forward to those days when it's nice. Save me a spot, buddy. I'll be down there shortly. Thank you. Absolutely. You got it. All right. That's Rick and Keel, uh, one of my favorites and one of the great stories in baseball and certainly here in St. Louis. And he, by the way, has a have you read his book? No, not yet. I've, I, it's on my list, though. It's it's worth your time. Yep. It's a New York Times bestseller, whether you are a baseball fan, sports fan or not. It's terrific. So, uh, Ricky and Keel, the, the, there's a few things I take out of that. But number one, he's talking to Max Scherzer, who is on the executive board of the Players Association, and it sounds like they want to get spring training going. Yeah, Dan, we were talking a little bit about this off air. It just, I, I think the thing that fans need to remember is they're looking at anything that's being reported right now. Remember that the baseline that the players are negotiating off of is 162 games of full pro of full salaries with no DH in the National League and no expanded playoffs. That is what worst case scenario as of today, based on what we know, that's what they're planning for. And spring training starting on time. The owners are presenting other alternatives to them. So when you're looking at these alternatives, ask yourself, if I'm a player, is this better than what the current deal is? And so far, based on what I've read, at least, I don't see one that's been presented that is a better deal than what the players currently have. Yeah, and on the table, apparently over the weekend, the owners said, okay, we want to have it down to 154 games. We'd like to push back spring training. We'll pay you the 162, even if we only play 154 and the players are saying, okay, sounds nice, but what happens if we get to the 154 and you continue then to say, well, we're going to go to 144. Do we still get paid? What about if we get to 130? Well, we're not so sure about that. It, look, from the player's perspective, if I'm a player, I totally get it. I, I want to get my 162. I was prorated last year to 60 games. And they're probably saying, now, wait a minute. College football just got through. College basketball is forging through uh the nba is doing it the nhl is doing it we want to get our full season in and the vaccine is getting out there and by the time that maybe we get through let's say june july it it could be a different place in our country i get it you know from the player's perspective and i also kind of understand from the owner's perspective too is that they're saying if we can buy ourselves some time we can get more fannies in the seats which means more revenue i i I totally get 
you know, both sides of this. I really do. Maybe. The other part that I would have a tough time with believing that side of things, though, is whenever I heard Bill DeWitt talk with you about, hey, it's going to be 30% this year, regardless of, like, there's no 50%, 60%. It's 28%. Yeah, w- with the spacing that they have at Bush, that's just what it's going to be. If they're able to have fans in the stands with spacing, that's probably where they're going to have to be at. So it's it, it's a tough negotiation, and I understand that the owners want fans in the stands. They should. They they deserve to have that. Like, this is their product. I get it. Um, but I we just don't know if that's going to change a whole lot with another month. And if I'm a player, I'm like, well, why am I waiting a month if we're still going to have some uncertainty then? Time check, 1044, brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. Quick timeout on 101 ESPN. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Getting to uh, some of the text questions on the Air Comfort Service text line 657-80-618. Do you think with the added skill range of Arenado, more uh, defensive shifts this year? I think it's a great question, Um, and it's something I did think about this weekend because I've thought a lot about it with Scott Rowland. If Scott Rowland played in this era, what teams would do with his range? The Cardinals are very analytical in terms of their defensive shifts, and they've gotten more so under Mike Schilt. Um, I do think you change a little bit, uh, especially with his range. I, I think you can do that. I, I think you can be more aggressive with those shifts. And if you, I was actually looking at some of the numbers with the Rockies and how they shifted with him. They really shifted with him. And you can because of his range and his exceptional arm. So I do think it does lend itself to allowing you to be more aggressive with shifts if you want to do that because of Nolan Arenado. Especially because you have a very good defensive shortstop right now in Paul DeYoung who can handle his own on that side of things. And you, while I like Tommy Edmond, he's not Colton Wong at second base. The Cardinals He's going to be better than you think, though. Probably. And he'll. I think he can be very good. Colton Wong was arguably the best defensive second baseman in, in all of baseball. So that that is no slight on Tommy Edmond. But even if it is marginal, you are downgrading a bit at, at defense at second. I think this helps to offset that a little bit. Maybe now, without having Colton Wong out there at second, you have more opportunities to be able to shift him over there. And you've got such a great first baseman. Like he, it just adds another weapon defensively to what they can do. 6-1-8, what happens to Gorman, Danny Mack? Great question. Um... I think you're you're banking on when you make a move like this. First of all, you don't worry about Nolan Gorman. When you make a move like this, you're getting Nolan Arenado. So everything else takes a back seat. But I think you're banking on uh, as a, uh, a, a, a portion of this is that you're banking on the DH coming to the National League. I think one way or another with a new CBA coming after next season, that if the CBA is coming, that you're thinking this is the guy. You know, he's he's going to be a part of having a potential big bat come into your lineup. It also buys you some time with development with him, too, which is great. You don't you're not going to be forced to say now Nolan Gorman has got to be forced to play if you're. So let's just say there was no Nolan Arenado coming and it's not done yet. And you are forced to play Matt Carpenter every day. And Matt Carpenter, for argument's sake, was going to have a bad year. And all of a sudden, you're at, let's say, mid to late August this year, and Nolan Gorman, and you're having a minor league season, and he's putting up big numbers. And you're like, well, should we do it? And you pull the trigger on it, and he comes up. You you do it with kind of like one eye closed, like, okay, we're going to bring him up. He's going to have his fair share of strikeouts because he's done that anyway in the minor leagues, and he's going to walk into some power. That's part of it. It's going to look a little Tyler O'Neill-y. It is. 
but you kind of grow with it, right? You just, you do it. But now you, you are allowed to let him grow. And with that, it's the growing pains. And I'm okay with that. And I think that's for the betterment of both the Cardinals and Nolan Gorman. Now you don't feel pressure to say, we got to do this for our betterment as a team at the major league level. And now it's for his betterment too, as a player. You know, there's some things that he's got to get better at that now allows him to do that at the minor league level. So I think it's great. And those things that we're talking about getting better at, I mean, more contact. I'm talking about cutting down on strikeouts. He's That's been his MO anyway. He's always struck out a lot. That's okay in today's day and age, as long as you hit for power, which is what he's done. Position-wise, Dan, I, I'm with you. DH seems to be the spot that makes the most sense moving forward if he's here in St. Louis. Do you think, because you've seen him play more often than I have, can he play corner outfield? I, I don't know. I mean, he's always been a third baseman, yeah. but that that has got to be on the table now because you got two guys at the corners on the infield that are pretty darn good, and they're gold glovers, and one's on a trajectory to the Hall of Fame, and the other one's on the trajectory to being one of the best in his position for the last decade. So... Uh, there may not be a position for you. Makes me wonder if he could have the Joey Gallo trajectory of m- moving to the outfield eventually. And is he Mike Mustakis? Maybe move over to second. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm just throwing it out there. I have no idea. Nice, I would doubt it. If he can be that, the place where he could do it is here because of the defensive guys that they have around him. That that would make some sense. I just wonder it, if he is able to stay down in the minors a little longer, Dan. You you could potentially have an opportunity to try those things out Absolutely. now. As opposed to if he was on the big leagues, you probably couldn't do that. No, and I think that's now on the table, though. If you get Nolan Arenado and you've got Goldschmidt locked up long-term, you're you're going to be trying him at some different spots. You have to. I mean, if, if he's the kind of guy that's going to be a bat that plays at the big leagues, where does he play position-wise? you got to have a position for him. Mm-hmm. Now, you know he can play some third base. But what else are you doing for your resume to help you get to the big leagues outside of your bat? It's it's a logical question. It's a great question, and it's something that this franchise will have to figure out oh, right? a, moving it, forward. It, it, by the way, if you said that to Mo and Gersh and Mr. DeWitt, and you said, by the way, we're going to have um, this guy Nolan, and uh, we're going to have this guy Paul, and but you have this really good prospect. Okay, we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll figure it out as we go along. So let us take the two future Hall of Famers <laughs> right. first. We'll figure out the next one we'll, later on. We'll, we'll deal with that. And by the way, these guys that we're talking about are Gold Glovers and Platinum Glovers. Think about what you have on the infield it's right absurd. now. Absurd. It is absurd. I mean, Yachty, Nolan, Paul, Gold Glovers, Platinum Glovers, and if you think about it, DeYoung has been a finalist for a Gold Glove. Bader is going to be, I think, a gold glover at some point. So, I mean, up the middle. Tyler t- O'Neill won one this Tyler year. Tyler O'Neill won one. I mean, so defensively. Carlson's you, very good. You're very solid. I think Dylan Carlson maybe long-term plays as a center fielder can and can play all three outfield spots and play them at a pretty high level. So, you know, you're looking pretty good here. And and you're looking not only good for 2021, you're, you're looking good long-term because a lot of these guys are young. That, that's something to keep... It, by the way, Arenado seems like he's been around forever. He's 29 years old. That's the other thing you got to consider with this. Dan, can I ask you a question that I saw on Twitter from a you Cardinals fan the other day? You can ask anything you want. All right, so this comes from a gentleman by the name of Andy. Uh, he's on Twitter, at Arenado L, is where his So he's a big is. fan. He's a big big Cardinals fan. Okay. He says, which Cardinal is the most likely to win a major award in 2021? Arenado or Goldie for MVP, one of those two guys. Flaherty for Cy Young, 
or Carlson for Rookie of the Year? I'll go Carlson for Rookie of the Year. I'm really high on Dylan Carlson. And when you when you add Arenado to give him protection, uh, I'm liking Dylan Carlson a lot. I'm really high on this on this young kid it's because a, he got a taste of the big leagues last year and he made such big improvements the second time through with not a lot of protection around him. And then you're forcing him to basically bat cleanup on a team that's going to postseason play. I really like what he could do. Now the pressure's off. Now now just, just go play, young man. Just go play. And by the way, hitting behind you are two studs. So you're going to get some pitches to hit. The one thing, I and we talked about it with Keith Law last week, I just want to see him be more aggressive in, in the strike zone early in counts. And, and I think he'll adapt and do that. He's been so selective in his career. He did that in the minor leagues too. Um, I think he's such a quick learner. I like that. I, I like, I think of the three, it's because MVP is a big one. Yeah. You know what I mean? That That's pretty big. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if one of those two guys got, like, top five finish oh, in MVP sure. this year. Yeah, why not? Especially with the other guy now backing him up. Absolutely. I mean, they, they've been there before. Right. So there's no reason and, to believe that they can't do it again. And you're probably going to be on a team that wins. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it. The NL Central is there for the taking. Well, think about the numbers they could put up against the likes of the Pirates and the Cubs pitching staff this year. That's right. So I kind of like Dylan Carlson. I, maybe I'm putting too much pressure on him. I don't mean to be, but I like how it's trending in his direction. Anyway, it's fun to talk about. It's fun to have somebody to talk about of this ilk. I love it. Oh, February is, well, January turned into the new December. I've got one more right question for you, Dan. Yes. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service tax line. Guys, I love this move. Do you think the Cardinals have one more move to be able to upgrade this offense? Do you think they, they stand pat as is? The left-handed outfield bats are starting to... There's not a whole lot of market left there unless you're going Ozuna, and I, I don't think that they're doing that. Do you think there's anything left out there for them? I, I, I don't. I, I think they're probably... I mean, this is the big fish. You wanted a big fish? You got them. Oh, yeah. Um, now, I never say never. I really don't. Um, but this is a big one. I mean, you're adding a lot. And, I, I, I again, going back to the original premise of... Looking, are we going to find out about these outfielders? You know what I mean? And this gives you flexibility too. Think about this. If these outfielders don't play well, Tommy Edmond can go to the outfield and Matt Carpenter can go play second base if he wanted to do that. Mendo Sosa maybe. Sosa is another one. Now he has not played well, by the way, in uh, winter ball. Oh, really? He has not. Now he's out of options. You know, you got Justin Williams. You're trying to find out about him. So I... Again, this gives you some flexibility, though, to find out about these kids if you want to going forward. I'm not sure if it's the right move or not, but I think maybe from their standpoint, this is their way to say, let's find out about these guys. And if they falter, hey, we can maneuver if we have to on the fly. And Mo always says the roster's not set. Yeah. The opening day. You've still got opportunities to improve. And it gives you flexibility. Yeah. What's coming up on your show? Excited for the show today, Dan. A lot more of this. We'll get into the Blues game from last night over the weekend as well. Jordan Cairo, what a phenomenal start on yeah. Saturday night. So we'll get into that coming up. We've got Troy Brower, former Blues forward, to talk about the Blues. And coming up at 1130, Woody Page, Denver sports columnist, is going to join the show. You've seen him on the round, around the horn. He's going to join us coming up at 1130. He was fairly active on Twitter about this deal. He just loved it from a would, Denver perspective. I would say he, uh, I think he called it the worst deal in the history of professional sports other than Babe Ruth. So yeah, <laughs>
Big fan. Celebrate the 55th edition of the big game with exclusive 55 to 1 odds on FanDuel Paradise Sportsbook. And if you've never tried FanDuel before, new users can bet on either team and get 55 to 1 odds when Kansas City plays Tampa Bay. That's right. You can bet $5 and win 275 if you pick the winner of the big game. And that's coming up on Sunday. I have been betting on FanDuel all season long. And I got to tell you, I love Kansas City with 55 to 1 odds this weekend. Easy to use, easy to register, easy to deposit, fast withdrawals when you win. FanDuel pays your winnings in as little as 24 hours. Odds boost and specials, they've got them. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, use the promo code WXOS, and you'll get started. That's FanDuel Sportsbook promo code WXOS. 21 and older, present in Illinois. New users only, must wager on designated boost market. Deposit required. Max bonus $275. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Tomorrow, uh, BK, we visit with the great Peter Gammon. So looking forward to that. Great job on the show. I'm sure more on this. And hopefully it's official tomorrow and maybe some news on Yachty. You never know. Tanner, great job. And we'll talk to you tomorrow at 10 on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.